Welcome back to Mishnah Yomi. Today we're continuing to learn Mishnah's Beitza, finishing the first parak with Mishnah Yud and going on to Parak Beis, Mishnah Aleph. Mishalchen Kalim Bain Trufen Bain Shein Trufen. A person can send clothes to someone on Yom Tov, whether this is clothes that are sewn together, i.e., can be worn, or they're not sewn together but can be utilized as sheets or bedding. You can even send bedding that has kolayim, a forbidden mixture inside, and the assumption here, as Gemara tells us, is we're dealing with a mixture of shotness in a material whose texture is rather stiff, and therefore it provides no warmth, and the only thing you can get from it is sitting or lying on it, and that's not forbidden under the laws of shotness. Shotness is only forbidden to wear something to get warmth, or to wear it or to use it to get warmth. But if you're not going to get any warmth from it, and you're not, you're only going to sit on it because of its roughness. So then you're allowed to use, you're allowed, you're allowed to use it. Thus, these are things that are once permitted to wear on uh, on Shabbos and Yom Tov, so you can send it on Yom Tov. for the need of Yom Tov. A person cannot send sandals that are nailed, and this is a special prohibition that comes up in the um, in the Gemara discusses. It's because there's a certain incident where people had these sandals that had nails in them. They end up trampling other Jews. They forbid as a gzera to wear these sandals. Okay, fine. No shame to talk for. Or shoes that are were never stitched together. I.e., the leather's there, but it wasn't stitched together, so they're not. They're not. You can't wear them. We don't wear aflo and love You can't either wear white shoes. When we say light, white shoes, we mean shoes that have not been blackened yet. They need to still go to. If they start uma, they still need to go to the craftsmen in order to make them wearable. Um, so basically, what we're going to say this is the rule. Kosher no same, but we So any item which can be used on yomtiv, you can send as a gift on yomtiv. You can use it on yomtiv, so then you uh, can't send it as a gift on yomtiv. Adkan mission a parak aleph. Parak bays now discusses the laws of eriv tavshilin. Maybe it's a concept we've heard about. We made one ourselves. What exactly is going on here? So halach is it's forbidden to cook from yomtiv to shabbos or from shabbos to yomtiv. That is when yomtiv immediately precedes shabbos or shabbos precedes yomtiv, you can't cook one to the next. Well, well, you're not going to cook from Shabbos to Yomtif. Really, it's just Yomtif to Shabbos, excuse me. If Shabbos it follows Yomtif, you can't cook on Yomtif for Shabbos. You can only cook for Yomtif itself. Comes along our Gemara and says as follows. Yomtif shechol yos If Yomtif pulls it out for Shabbos, leivashol b'tchilim Yomtif l'Shabbos. Then, so you can Yomtif pulls out on Shabbos and then and then that falls out on Friday. So you can't cook on fr- on Friday of Yomtif for Shabbos. Avul leivashol Yomtif hit or hit to Shabbos. Rather, we'll make cook. For Yom Tov, and if you have leftovers, and obviously the halach is going to dis- discuss, well, how far can you go if, to say that, oh, this is leftovers, before you say you're ad- adding too much, it's clearly intended for Shabbos, and the usual Agdar is if it's all in the same pot, meaning I can make a massive stew. All right, there's no way I can eat it right now on Yom Tov, yeah, but I can eat it on Shabbos. So I'm not allowed to cook from Yom Tov to Shabbos, but I can cook for Yom Tov itself, and if there's leftovers, I can eat it on Shabbos. However, what happens if um, a person needs to cook on Shabbos? So that's where the Erev Tavshilin comes in. You can make a cooked dish for before Yomtif for Shabbos and rely on it to cook for, from Yomtif to Shabbos. It's called an Erev Tavshilin. How exactly does this work? So we're not going to get into details, but one explanation is as follows. Although I'm not allowed to cook from Yomtif to Shabbos, if I begin cooking prior to Yomtif itself, i.e. I make this Erev Tavshilin on Thursday, so then we allow you to continue cooking Thursday, and then we look at the cooking you do on Friday as a continuation of Thursday's cooking, and thus you're allowed to cook for from from Shab from uh, Friday to Shabbos. Meaning to say, I can't cook exclusively and solely on Yom Tov for Shabbos. But if I begin cooking prior to Yom Tov, then I can continue cooking on Yom Tov for Shabbos, and that's the role and the function of the Erev Tavshilin, where I'm taking a cooked dish, as we'll see in a minute, 
and making it prior to Yomtiv, and that allows me to cook even from Yomtiv to Shabbos itself. Shami Omer, what exactly is this Eir Tavshilin? Shnei Tavshilin. You need to have two cooked dishes. That's significant, and that's considered significant. And that's considered as if you start cooking already prior to Yom Tif. All you need is one Tavshil. However, Beishami would agree if you make a dish of, of some sort of fish dish, and you place an egg on this fish dish, whatever the, the, the ingredient calls for an egg, that itself is already considered two dishes. Even though it's being cooked in one pot, but it's considered two dishes in respect, with respect to an Erev of Shilin, and then you can cook from sh- Friday of Yontif to Shabbos. Ochlosh of, what happens if you lose your Erev of Shilin, or it gets eaten before you begin to cook on Yontif for Shabbos? You can't rely on it anymore to cook. If you have a kazai is left over, you can rely on it to cook from Yontif to Shabbos. I wish you all a wonderful day.